0: Mac Jones is ripped, Matt Patricia is calling plays, the Celtics are title favorites, and the Ringer has a new Boston show. I'm Brian Barrett, host of Off the Pike, the show covering all things Boston sports. I'll have shows multiple times a week covering your favorite teams and with your favorite Ringer and local guests. Plus, maybe Bill will stop by to rant about the Sox. Follow Off the Pike with me, Brian Barrett, now on Spotify.
1: 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com.
2: This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com.
0: Chicago everywhere. Check Check
2: it. Not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The
0: Full Go podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs,
2: and Blackhawks. Our man... Jason Goff three
0: times a week with Jason Goff.
2: His mood is elevated. <laughs> he is
0: feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the full go.
3: Love the full go. With the me.
0: full go. The full go. Welcome to the full go with Jason Goff.
1: That is what I'm talking about.
0: What up world? You're listening to the full go with Jason Goff presented by the Ringer, a Spotify original.
1: Yeah. How does it feel, Tony, to have the the Juneteenth celebration and commemoration of the ancestors like you had? And then shortly after that, take a, a, a flight to, was it, you said Florida, right? Florida, yep florida where they are pretty much telling you when you land uh <laughs> there wasn't no goddamn juneteenth and, and there wasn't no slavery <laughs> so <laughs> enjoy your hot weather <laughs> and meth and alligators
0: and shit and you know <laughs> hope you're going to disney world how did that yeah. feel tone? i mean the, the, i guess the best part of florida is you know <laughs> the, the the southern charm and the, the southern hop it's not in florida I was about to say, <laughs> I mean, it's is so it. it. Yeah, it's, it there, there's nothing, you know, there's not a whole lot of nice people in in Florida. It's like South Plus. That's what I always call it. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, South right. Plus. Amen. Yeah. Hey, right, so, Hot mean, Indiana. The, <laughs> you know, the people leave you alone. Like, All right, cool. You can not like black folks all you want. Just leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> that's the new t-shirt for the summer. <laughs>
1: Look at, look at Kyle Kyle like Oh shit man Of all the pods That I could have Ended up on <laughs> They put me on the one <laughs> That was gonna Damage my career From the outset <laughs> Kyle gonna jump On the phone With Bill like Hey man Is there Like a fantasy Situation you could Throw me on <laughs> Or like You know Somebody who's Talking about the di- A different world A lot, or <laughs> You know right. what I mean <laughs> Like is there A black sitcom pod you know? No 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 Chris, Chris and Jesse Are already Working those <laughs> We've tried everything with this pod you have to be the equalizer so oh and by the way ladies and gents and kyle and chris (laughs) ask tony what he was asked to do for a second time in his life now Uh oh i'll be grilling get my get my reps in Tony got a chance to grill for seven to eight more people who did not care about their well-being. That's what he did. And, and, and I found out, by the way, because we this is that time because it's July and we have fun with it. I found out that Tony has been grilling for the entire crew because it's just thought for some reason that Tony would be good at grilling.
3: He looks like a griller. Oh no! In more ways, in more ways than right. you think, Chris. Yeah, I mean, if I saw him at the if I saw him at the cookout, I'd be like, oh, that, that guy. That guy's probably good.
1: See, but that's the thing, Chris. <laughs> Tony at this cookout was the only. I, I could be wrong. Was the only person that looked like Tony. So 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 if you saw. Tony at the cookout on the grill, you wouldn't be at that cookout. <laughs> Tony <laughs> has been commissioned because of his blackness, ladies. This is what the summer does to black men. Tony walked into a room of 40 people and they was like, oh, you must know how to grill. And now Tony has to keep up the con throughout this summer while learning, like he said, getting his reps in. He has to keep it up throughout the entire summer because now when he walks in, just like when brothers walk into any basketball session, when when, when, when when brothers you know show up at any restaurant there's certain things like i went to i went to a, a, a bar the other day for, for lunch <laughs> for me and pete and we we ordered a steak sandwich <laughs> and the lady was like so you know that comes out medium right and i was like i was like you know me i, I had to you know she Pete looked at me and she's like oh no I was like oh I was like you what i'm like y'all do a medium I'm like, oh, you're living on the edge. But hopefully this black palate and this black digestive system will be able to just, just partially Take in the the non well done meat. Like it happens at the basketball court. You know it happens. All, let's be funky. Let's keep it funky. Dates. You know what I mean. Like if a date going well, there's a lot of pressure on a brother. <laughs> like oh, yeah. I know it's about to. no, nah, no, nah, not everybody. You know, not everybody working like that. So I'm sorry that you were put <laughs> under that kind of shadow. Tony, no no pun intended. <laughs> Every time this is this is a public servants announcement for Tony's relatives that that I haven't met, because I've met damn near all of them at the at the wedding. For, so for this, for anybody else, stop asking my man to grill until he gets his grill game all the way down. You feel me? You know, stop thinking that he could play spades. You feel me? So don't think that he could, you know, just change out a carburetor or knock down a jump shot in a in a key moment. That's all, like there's that's a certain things.
3: <laughs>
0: Have you oh, seen hey, the you list? Still who? Oh, you still, <laughs> nah, man, nah. Nah, <laughs> Have man, you seen no the more, list bro.
1: of things that brothers just can't do anymore, like hug <laughs> each other <laughs> or, or go out on a two man dinner? With... When's the last time Kyle, Chris, Tony? Was the last? Yeah, this is, good. this is what this is gonna be. When's the last time y'all called y'all man up and was like, "Yo, you wanna go get a bite to eat?" And it was just y'all two. Think about that. Think about it, Kyle. You're the youngest of us. What about you? Pro- probably. Actually, I do know. It was. It was a month ago. But my friend was visiting for. He was visiting for graduation. Oh, of course, we got the exceptional Negro in here. So he, he was visiting <laughs> for graduation. Other than
2: that. That doesn't happen. Oh, okay. That doesn't happen often. It doesn't,
1: right? Like, like I, 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 I drive past these establishments, and I see these white chaps out there hanging out, you know, two, three at a time. You know what I'm saying? Backwards visors on, puka shell necklaces, that type of vibe. You know, the Crocs screaming, you know, having a good time. And I'm like, man, I wonder if I could call my friend right now and say, hey, would you like to go have dinner with me? We just can't do it. We can't do it. I don't know why. I I don't know what it speaks to, but like, you know, we just mastered telling each other I loved you. And now it's like, oh, D. Now it's just like, hey, man, I love you. I love you back. It's like, all right, chill with the love, fellas. We got it. You know, y'all love each other. (laughs) But like, there's certain things that are just expected of us, like walking into an outdoor patio situation and just being presented a grill like, oh like let your blackness take over the grill <laughs> let the ancestors know when the indirect heating has has properly warmed the chicken you know what i mean this man just was thrown some tongs because of his skin and I, I feel like it's you know it should be pointed out now tony i hope the the future grilling situations aren't traumatic i hope i haven't placed it in that way but how'd it go man how'd it go
0: Oh, i'm dope at this like, I'm 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 dope. That's, a, that's the one thing I found out. My man went from being scared of to steaks my, uh, to now being dope in
1: the second in the second <laughs> go round.
0: <laughs> uh my dad went went to that that barbecue. Like, man, give me this. What what, what are we doing here? You know, like oh, you took I'm, the you took the sticks from dad? Hey man, he getting oh, He getting up there. You know, something, something oh, you gotta bullshit. take over.
1: All right, so all right. you now, all right. <laughs> yeah, ladies and gentlemen, who know Tony know exactly what's going on here. Yes. <laughs> you fucking, no, no I right.
3: He's got his own signature rubs and and, oh, and, uh, know. and marinades <laughs> and stuff. You know, oh, use the salt.
1: And the pepper, you know what <laughs> I mean? I, I, like to, I like to freak them with the salt-pepper combination, you know what I mean? I like to pour, like to pour the Lowry's marinade over the chicken in a bowl. In the refrigerator for about half an hour. You know, don't tell nobody though. Don't don't tell nobody <laughs> I'm working. Like what what's secret? A little bit of old bay for oh, like a yeah. couple hours. A you know, little maybe, bit. You know. you know us. We old on the old bay. <laughs> you know us. Like, you can't even see any piece of the fish. It's just covered a crust of old bay. And like oh crab legs. Just throw crab legs. Let's throw old bay all over the outside shell that we're not going to eat. We got to do a lot right. better, y'all. Like we we have to do a, a an entirely lot better. Like you know the marinades. I've I've, I've been Address this on previous pods stop stop doing it all y'all doing is is uh, making people eat burnt sugar right because y'all goofy asses throw the, the the chicken from the marinade right onto the grill and all of a sudden you just got a sucrose delight you know what i'm saying you just you're just sitting there like man this chicken sure is rubbery but it used to taste like something nah nah stop doing that to yourselves man right like tony Tony is dope already the second time through. I'm 20 years deep and still questioning myself. It just kind of puts in a real perspective uh, how we feel about ourselves on this pod. You know, <laughs> Kyle, who is exceptional in all ways, you know, messed around and did that just a month ago while we are going on years of having no love for our fellow man. Like, you know, it's a different time. But I do like the stages that are represented in this podcast, you know. You got <laughs> me and Chris who are the old heads. One has an incredible amount of anxiety. The other one is Chris. And and then you've got Kyle, the exceptional new Negro who they've dropped on the pod, who is going to outdo all of us. The moment he starts to crack that mic. And then you've got Tony who's stuck in that comfortable middle of bossing people around being super confident in things that he's only done twice. Like this is, this is an interesting mix we have here And, and I'm, I'm very appreciative of it. I'm very appreciative of it. And I hope you guys are too. Cause we're uh, we're churning out, you know, our, our our holiday content for you. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get ten times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to two hundred dollars. That's right, just bet twenty bucks and you'll land two hundred dollars in bonus bets, win or lose. That's two hundred you could spend betting everything from the money line to the over unders to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All right, for this bet, I'm going with the Cubs. You know why? Because the Cubs have been uh, swinging the bats a little bit better. I know this brew crew team is... Um, not very good, especially on the starting staff. I'm going to go with Christopher Morrell to hit a home run. Uh, he's had a terrific pop. He slowed down a little bit as of late, so I think it's about time. He's been playing third. He's been playing a little bit of the outfield. They got to get that bat in the lineup because of the power deficit that that squad, especially in the middle of the lineup has. So at the end of the lineup, I think that Christopher Morrell is going to come through with a big bang. Also, I'm going to go with Dancy Swanson and get two hits or more. And on top of that, I'm going to get Ian Happy in there to score a run so I got Ian Happ to score a run I got Dansby Swanson get two hits or more and I got Christopher Morrell going deep it encapsulates a pretty big offensive performance if you ask me from the Cubs so there you have it you can get all that on an app that's safe secure and super easy to use plus when you win you can get paid instantly there's no better place to bet on the MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com FullGo to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com F-U-L-L-G-O. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit TheRinger.com slash RG. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Oh, I'm going to go see Drake tonight, fellas. You know? I'm looking forward to that, too. That's, that's what I wanted to ask you about. How did you get those ticks, brah? So, um, ooh, I'm about to. Oh, <laughs> OK. So don't don't smile, Tony. So can I can I tell I can tell you all the truth because this is this is the place where I come to bear my soul. Um, so there are many people who I've worked with in my life and maybe I've only been afraid of like two in my life. Uh, both of them have been office managers or like account executives or people like, you know, people in finance for for your for your job. Uh, right now, I'm calling this lady Suge uh, because she is Suge Knight in my dreams. Uh, shout out to Karen Ginsberg, KG, um, you know, little tiny, you know, lovely, lovely little lady. But um, we get the suite at NBC Chicago at the United Center. Uh, and you can pay for tickets, you know, get a seat at the suite. And anytime there's a concert, I'm like, Hey KG, you know, get your boy in there. We almost had a snafu this morning because you know how you text people and you know, you're going back and forth and then it just drops and you start doing something else. And maybe two days later, you look back at that text message. Like, Holy shit. I just told this person I was having a baby accidentally. You know, like something like, you know what I mean? Like where you just look at it, like did I, uh, what's, what happened when I was saying that it was I Okay. So this morning, I look at my email and I, I see that I don't have the, uh, Drake tickets in the old, uh, in the old cash. And so I'm like, Oh, okay. Mm, this might be a, you know, cause, you know, this ain't one of those ones you pop up on somebody like you got to, you know, let your people know this is what we're going to do. These are the plans for the night. Um, you know, the last few days been a little rocky. So, you know, Drake was right on time for the boy. Like, yeah, and be mad at this concert if you want to, <laughs> right? Look at that email. No tickets yet. I hit KG up and uh, KG was like, hey, what's up with that check you owe me? So apparently I hadn't paid since Scissor was here in town last. <laughs> and KG is about her dollars. So much so that when I go to the building now, I walk around her office like the bitch that I am because I don't want no problems. Um, Like I said, she is four foot ten, maybe one hundred and seven pounds. She. She could be Zeus in my mind for all it's worth. You know, I'm I'm literally scared of this lady. And she provides the tickets. I said, hey, KG, I need these tickets tonight. You know, your boy needs a Hail Mary from the gods. Appreciate you. So KG came through. So I appreciate her. And that's how I get the tickets for everybody thinking that like there's some in or I know somebody. No, motherfucker. I pay for these and y'all need to start paying for them, too. You know, for all the people who like see Instagram stories and be like, oh, I want to be like you must be nice. Yeah, you can work hard the fuck out of my phone. You know what I'm saying? Like, I- I'm tired of it. I-, I Maybe this isn't the pod that y'all were looking for in terms of pleasantries, you know. But if anybody is saying must be nice to you in your phone or around you, just look them in the face and say you can have it too. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, oh, must be nice. No, 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 no. It, it wasn't getting here, but you, you too can do it too. Play it, like you know, you know, because it's just hate. Anybody who hits you with the must be nice is just hate. You know it too, in they soul. It's just hate. Like, oh, I'm trying to get like you playing. Oh, you had the chance. You know what I mean? So yeah. So shout out to KG and my fear for her and this uh Drake concert that's about to happen tonight. I think it's just Drake too, by the way. I don't think it's Drake and and uh. uh 21 Savage. That was last night's. It concert, be. Which, is it? Is it 21 and Drake both nights? I thought it was Drake. Oh. Yeah. Cause I think 21 on the whole tour. I thought so too, but I didn't see Drake and 21 Savage on the It's a Blur tour on the second day. I saw it on the first day. Cause you know, you know, I'm trying to move around and that 21 Savage crowd. Like I love listening to 21. You know, I love listening. Crowd is crazy
3: though. Yeah, crowd is like crazy though. It's like a rock crowd. I'm yeah. Pro, yeah, I'm profiling.
1: I don't give a shit. I <laughs> hey, you know, when y'all youngins finish with that hippity hop, you know, let this let this young light skin man from Degrassi High, you know, sing a couple songs. You know, get into that Marvin's room bag. The player hater song of of all time, and then go about your business. Play the slaps. You know, give me give me a one dance. Right, give me a controller. You know what I mean? Give me, give me a couple of B sides. You know, bring somebody out from Chicago, and and we can all go home happy, and because that's the most important part—going home happy. Uh, I'm hoping this conversation—I'm uh, sorry—I'm hoping this concert can can accomplish that. But all right, so I'm gonna have to get the Twenty One Savage vibe going tonight. All right, all right. So looks like I'll be bringing my gun to the United Center tonight. That's that's. I think that's all Kyle just told me. I think that's. I think. I think. And by the way, I'm just messing around, y'all. It's a lighter. I'm just messing around.
3: ma'am. that's going to be hits, though. Like, it's hours oh. of... I mean, how many artists have, like, hours of just hits? You know what I mean? Drake is a top
1: 10 artist of all time in music history. I don't care how you feel about it. Easily. Uh, like, like, you know, when the man said he got more slaps than the Beatles halfway through his career, you know you had to kind of go look at the numbers and go, oh, shit, <laughs> he's not wrong, you know? Like uh, That's like LeBron halfway through, like, yo, uh, I'm the greatest now. <laughs> and then just backing up for the microphone. Like, if LeBron had that kind of self-confidence and self-awareness to say it, like, if can you imagine what LeBron will be with Russell Westbrook's personality? Like, just imagine LeBron on a basketball court with the Russell Westbrook, <laughs> fuck all y'all mentality, right? Like, my man, Big Joe in Atlanta, talks about it quite often. Like, LeBron would average 45, 17, and nine. It'd be about a good seven seasons before he burned himself out. But yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how we got on LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Drake, the Drake thing. Like, it used to be a guilty pleasure of mine in terms of, you know, because you got the tough guys who all oh, listen to Drake and Drake. Yeah. You know, all that simping and all that whining and all that crying. I'm like, oh, you, you ain't had a good enough booty to make your heart broke. <laughs> you know what I'm you ain't, you, ain't, you ain't had a you ain't had a woman that you <laughs> that you cherished that you like ah oh, shit this ain't gonna work but boy is he singing about it and talking about it right here right or you haven't really just been enthralled by somebody and played yourself right like ah oh, I know I'm playing myself but I'm really really into this person if you that tough and and you, none of these songs ever touch any part of you spiritually emotionally or you ever been in a moment where you've been hanging with somebody that's super dope. And like for instance, the the Greece album, right? The, the 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 house album that he threw out there because he was pretty much in Greece for a little bit and was looking for a different vibe and a different playlist and a different, you know, audio accompaniment. Like if you've never gone somewhere with somebody that you care about and had a great vacation, then that album wouldn't resonate with you. Like, you, you're not going to play that um, at the gym, right? Or you're not going to play that ride in the car on the way to kick it with your boys. So there's certain certain textures and certain vibes in music that I look for. Like, for instance, dude, Killer Mike, as much as i played Larry June over the last three months, <laughs> the, the Great Escape album, Killer Mike has... I've listened to Killer Mike's album every day since it's come out. And in every way, every day, it hits me differently some way, somehow. So... That's how, you know, that's how music touches me. And that's how I feel about, you know, sequential order and the way that you roll out an album, right? Not just some mixtape, and not just some playlist. Like, this is a collection of my thoughts over music and beats. And I want for you in this moment to come back seven, eight, nine years from now and know that in 2023, this is how I was feeling or this is what I was going through. Right, Just like any photo album that we open up. We love looking at baby pictures in old times because you remember in that moment what you felt like, what you were going through. And also, it probably shines a light on how, you, how you're doing right now. You know, the same way sports. I mean, you know, this day in sports, it used to be corny to me as a kid. And now, as an adult and getting to the point where I'm watching people's kids play that I watched when they were in the league, it's like, oh, shit. This day in sports, you know, in 1987, Like, for instance, while we're doing this, look up this day in sports in Chicago history or something like that. And I bet you there'll be a few things where I'm like, oh, yeah, that was kind of cool. You know what I mean? Like the nostalgia of it. That's how I feel about timeless music. And who knows if I'll be listening to Killer Mike 10 years from now. I hope I will. I hope I'll still be in the same space, but in a different, you know, in a different region of my life where it's like, oh man, I'm going to go back and listen to this dude because I'm talking about from track one to about track and, and all of them are bangers to me and maybe I'm biased because Mike really, um, when I got down to Atlanta, Mike uh, greeted me and held me down in those hallways a different way. He was downstairs at WAOK doing his thing when I was upstairs at um, 92.9 The Game in Atlanta and V103 were downstairs as well so it's a powerhouse um culturally significant set of stations in the city of Atlanta. And when I got down there, I just felt butt naked. I felt alone. I felt like I didn't know what I was going to say to these people about their teams that they've been watching for so many years, right? And I felt like an outsider in a city that had dealt with you know, outsiders getting opportunities that people from that city didn't get to do the things that I got a chance to do in my city. So I'm fighting those things. I'm fighting, I'm fighting anxiety. I'm fighting, uh, relationship things. I'm fighting professionally. Did I make the right choice? There's nothing like moving to another city and touching down that first day and thinking, damn, did I fuck up? You know? And I went through that and I'll never forget walking through like the area where W A O K was. He's in there doing um for, for the people here in Chicago, you know, W A O K is kind of like what W V O N is for us, you know, and shout out to you know the voice of the Negro, you know, back in the day, like, you know, these were the broadcasts where you would only hear black voices or certain black voices addressing topics. They weren't just black topics, they were citywide things, but how they affected black people. I'm walking through the the hallway and I see fucking Killer Mike. Like, Killer Mike is iconic. And the dude comes from an iconic label, an iconic um, background in terms of the dungeon family. You know, like, and this dude has done his own thing with Run the Jewels. And, you know, just standing for certain things that he stands for in a way, too, where I was always like, man, I may not agree with him, but I appreciate the way he broke it down for you. And I run into him in that moment and he goes, Hey man, heard about you. I've been listening too. I like your shit and dapped it up with me, gave me a hug. And I'm like, man, this Atlanta thing going to be all right. And that's the reason why that, that album resonates with me the way it does, because me and that dude have had probably two or three conversations in passing, but to hear how he feels about life at a similar stage in terms of age and understanding, And to hear from track one where he's talking about, you know, the Down By Law song is talking to every sort of black man and every person who is going through whatever they think they're going through and nobody hears it. And then to shed tears and then to run. I mean, you got Thug on the track. I mean, like it's 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 a phenomenal album. And then you play it on some good speakers, some big loud speakers or in the car that, that could that could do something. It's a different vibe. It's a different zone. So um, shout out to uh, Killer Mike and his new album and uh, shout out to uh, that whole that whole sound because it's still some real, real good rap out here some real he rapping his ass off man
3: like he's like the new chuck d man like that's what i think as far as like what he's saying and and his politics or whatever the way he lives it down like i I equate him with that
1: yeah and there's always had to be voices like that right like we talk about how hip hop is and how it's different but there's always you know there's all the chuck d's of the world the poor righteous teachers of the world there was always like i can always go somewhere for something yeah shout out you know KRS1, BDP crew, like all those things were around when I was a kid. So I got my fun off, right? I got my, like, you can't tell me LL Cool J didn't do the Drake thing before Drake did it. I've heard these kinds of vibes before. It's just, it's just, um, marketed and packaged in a different way with a different machine behind it. But Drake wouldn't be Drake without LL being LL, right? Chuck D and public enemy set the stage for a lot of group rage against the machine. Like not just in hip hop music either. Right. So, um, I give credit where credit is due. There's a lot of bullshit out there, but a killer mic album is something that I have put anybody that I care about on. I've, I've like, Hey, especially the brothers in my life. Like, Hey, listen to that. That second, his second verse on shed tears, man, where he talks about looking in the mirror and understanding how he fails. Like that's, you know, I, I like your cars and I like your jewelry. <laughs> I like your lifestyle. I like the, 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 the chicks that you, you know, got in the videos. I'm not talking about killer Mike right now, but I'm just talking about, you know, the rappers. I love all that. Like enjoy yourself, Kings. But at the same time, the dudes who separate themselves are the dudes who tell you something about themselves. Like I've tried to on this pod. Um, You know, we started out asking people about their worst days and their best days in their career. And it always kind of caught people off guard because far too often, all we do is talk about the great shit that's happening and then, you know, try to live out those IG stories in front of people's faces if they're not looking at their phone about your life. And then the people who kind of, for me, separate themselves, the people who have answered that question with, yeah, man, this is where I was fucked up and look at it. You know, I, I often tell my people, man, hey. We'd have made it through all the bad things in our life. <laughs> like if you're still here, keep pushing. And that's that run. Song. Like Dave Chappelle is the beginning of the run song, and he's making an analogy to Normandy, storming the beach in Normandy. I won't, I won't uh, ruin it for people. But yeah, man, I don't know how this turned into a Killer Mike uh, album review, but go ahead. That that Michael album is is phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. So yeah, that's all. That's all I got for this one, man. Um, I don't know about y'all. I had a good time. Kyle was like, oh, I'm out of here. This is not for me. Kyle just, <laughs> Kyle, Kyle just Kyle just, put in his resignation letter. He's like, hey, man, you just started. <laughs> this is not for me, sir. That, that's what we should do. <laughs> we should do that on the voicemail next time, y'all. Jobs that you knew you was going to quit the moment you walked in the dome. <laughs> me? Atlanta. <laughs> but just quit me first. No. Nah. Seven seven three three five nine three one zero three. There it is. There it is. That'll be the lead up from here on out. I'll just be talking about something. We'll be conversing about something, and then we'll make a question out of it.
0: We'll be back with more of the full go with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors,
3: this episode is brought to you by State Farm.
0: It's Vic Spencer, and you're listening to The Full Go with Jason Golf, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Coming up on The
1: Full Go podcast, a friend of the show, uh, a colleague, and a dude who I have uh, thrown elbows with on a recreational open gym floor. He is none other than Chicago Sun-Times Bulls basketball writer, Joe Cowley, right here on The
2: Full Go.
3: It's The Full Go?
2: What's happening, man? How you doing? Uh good, man. Just uh a lot of uh travel baseball, coaching travel baseball. So, yeah, uh, buddy. gearing up for the state playoffs now. So we made the state playoffs. So that's uh a little batting practice today and then uh scrimmage on Sunday and then uh we go at it.
1: So, for the people who don't uh who aren't aware, uh Joe Callie and I have had a uh you know, interactions outside of the gig. And I'm just wondering right now, as you say this, and I I know you, you know, you're into the the athletics with the, with the youngins. Um, Mm -hmm. what kind of manager or what kind of coach is Joe Callie? Cause I seem to remember a, a, uh, an irascible, you know, younger Joe. Uh,
2: coach Joe in football or coach Joe in baseball. That's Uh, two different coaches. So, um, the guys this is how, that I this is do how have.
1: the abusers start, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. Like <laughs> the, guy,
2: the guys that I have in uh, both sports like Coach Joe baseball way better than Coach <laughs> Joe football. So the Cleveland comes out of me for Coach Joe football. It's a real deal. In Minnesota, these dudes are like, yeah, Coach, uh, I, I'm missing football practice. Why? Hockey. Hockey, oh, you're that guy. Yeah, you're we're having three check. on three hockey. Yeah, no, we're not. We're not having three on three hockey. It's August. You ain't playing no fourth, some fourth tier sport that nobody cares about outside of freaking Minnesota and Canada.
1: Get your ass on
2: that football field. Uh, you oh, the I got to forcing,
1: forcing parents to make decisions is what you're telling me. No, I'm just.
2: I mean, uh, the, the the emails are very kind. We are the shortest season. We are the shortest season. Football is the shortest season. Give us these 10 weeks. (laughs) We'll give you back your kid, a little CT and all that stuff. We'll be ready to go hockey.
1: <laughs> His brain will so, just begin to to, to yes. like, uh, you know reform
2: and reshape itself yeah. from the from the hard knocks of ten weeks. Just give yes. us a ten if note. He's, if he's a little more depressed and angry at you, that's not my <laughs> damn fault. That's the game. <laughs> they used to eat oatmeal. Just put him in a dark room and, yeah. and, and turn the iPad so, on. <laughs> you know, Coach Joe, baseball, just put some sunflower seeds in and sit back and spits with the scorebook. <laughs>
1: Usually so, I have to give some kind of disclaimer when I engage in these kind of activities, or I just stare down Chris and Kyle and Tony and wonder if they're going to put it in the pod. But I'm fall for it. You know what I mean? We gotta we gotta to toughen this group up. You know I'm not talking oh, about just kids, wait, how just wait. How, how old your boy now? He's six, man, going on seventeen, boy.
2: Okay, you're gonna start getting into it, man.
1: The I, politics I of
2: you, the politics of youth sports. Well, with Jay, it's gonna be different. Okay.
1: Jay, with Jay is going to be the, the politics of youth theater and the politics of, well, gymnastics though. Oh, this is the other okay. thing. Okay. So this is, I'm glad, you know, fuck the bulls right now. I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this because, you know, you're around your kid and you don't realize what other people see in your kid sometimes. And I, I, I exalt my, my little guy as much as I can, you know, while also being disciplined. <laughs> I got the, um, the heads up the other day is like, Hey, have you seen Jay lately? I'm like, Yeah, I've I seen him every day. <laughs> you know yeah, see like, him. <laughs> right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, i seen him. They're yeah, like, uh, You know, your son has a six pack. I was like, wait, what? What's going on here? You know, because, you know, dad, you know, I rock the cake. Enough for everybody yeah. at the party, yeah. you feel me? But yeah. I, I, I I watch my man because he's got his Spider-Man robe. He throws on his Spider-Man robe after he's finished brushing his teeth, getting ready for the day, and he's getting like me now where I just take walks around the block in my robe. And I got clothes clothed for the people in the, you know, the Avondale area who run into me at the local, you know, at the, at the right. local mailbox or whatever. I got clothes on him. It's just like, you know, if I'm a walk dog i'm comfortable inside might as well be comfortable outside the man like ran down the hall and i'm like wait a minute my my kid does have washboard abs at six and then he was walking up the steps the other day and i was looking at his calf muscles and i'm sitting here like jay i know you love this theater shit baby Right? I know you love singing these songs and and, and, and playing board right. games. And you, you give this dude a couple of lines, he'll remember an entire soliloquy, right? Yeah. I, I'm just looking at him like, you know, though, if we could just work on them hands, <laughs> if we could just work on it, don't it'll, be,
2: it'll be eight years. You don't even <laughs> need to work on those hands. Just put them on a, on a cover. Just make them a cover, man. Oh. You be that DB with those calves. You don't have cover to catch the ball. Yeah. Just, lock up, just lock up guys like Spider-Man. Tell me, it's like Spider-Man. It's like a game of Spider-Man.
1: So he also, Joe, is now reenacting like full Star Wars scenes at any meetup that he goes to with kids who aren't ready to reenact Star Wars. Right. Took this man to a pool party the other day. You know, I, I come back outside. Well, I was always outside, but I turn around, look outside. And the man is... Directing people where to stand so that when he does his... Because the dude can do a one-handed somersault into a stabbing motion while doing the splits. And he did that the other day and he had a kid stand. He's like, you have to stand right here so when I land this, I could just go upward. And I'm watching right. this go down and I'm realizing not only is the kid talented and athletic, but he really is my son because everybody in the scene dies. Like there's five yeah. or six kids spread out throughout the, the, the yard who are at some point going to get murdered in this scene but he has to do it with the correct choreography i just don't know where to channel it i just don't don't know where to point it outside of
2: the theater brother you'll you'll find the path trust me you'll find (laughs) the path it 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 finds you or you'll find it so yeah yeah, we're actually dealing this year we're dealing with my my son my 14 year old uh Went to the transfer portal for baseball. He left the city that he's played all his career in and went to a rival city. Uh, So we've been dealing with that. uh, Mm -hmm. Click up. Fuck these loser kids who can't keep up anymore. You feel me?
1: I'm tired I'm tired. Hey man, we gotta start treating these babies like we do these adults. You know what I mean? That's who they learn from. So right. you-, you see these kids now running pick and roll at five years old, six years old, no one really like learning the game no. and how to move emotionally. And they're offense. calling for the screen. They're like <laughs> hey, dribble fat, dribble fat chubby kid who ain't getting the ball. Come come no. set a screen. It's can't gonna be, be a moving. <laughs> Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm down with it, man. Look around in your neighborhood and say, these kids ain't shit. Where can I take my talent so that I can win something? Because in the end on the AAU circuit, you're only as good as your last seven games that you lost in that
2: day. And then the other side of it. So he grew up. uh, He was playing quarterback. And then last year we had a couple kids transfer in. And I had a kid transfer in who's about 6'2", six 6'3", six whose hands were like this compared to mine mm-hmm. and who only played wide receiver. His dad was a semi-pro player. He's about uh, 6'8". I told my son, I love you, but you're going to have to learn how to run some routes because <laughs> you're about to be bumped. <laughs> you're this about to be like bumped. This like a man-pressed kind of individual yes. over here. <laughs> Daddy coaches the team, not you. This dude could flip at forty five without uh, freaking blinking, and so uh, it was. Uh, it was a fun season. It's a, it's a tough look when you got
1: to look at your kid and be like, ah, I don't know where this raw material is going to come from, but you ain't going. <laughs> you ain't going. You ain't going to get a bunch of pis and allow a bunch of nope. touchdowns on my watch. Get your ass in the back seat of the car. <laughs> there you go. Start the agility ladder. Get that agility ladder out. Start working on that footwork. Start looking at mm-hmm. you shorty like, hey man, go to the park and recruit some better people. I think this agent game is where it's at for you. I think
2: I was recruiting kids for for a while. We used to go to the, they used to have the police um, the, the police would get Tell together go to go to the police station and try to see who no, was in no, the lockup no. and see if they babies was athletic. But look, travel <laughs> football is, travel football cuts off some kids that could be playing football. Yeah. So They would have here in Minneapolis on Tuesday nights, they would get like the local police to go to the lower income housing areas and so so the kids could get familiar with the police. Oh, that's always a good start. Yeah. And (laughs) they do pick up basketball. Well, we started going up there with my older son about seven, eight years ago and recruiting kids. We got this kid, Akili Ferris. We got right, this course. kid, Demonte. Of we course. had an eighth grader. My kid came up, but we, we got to get that kid. He's got a goatee. He's eighth grade. I'm like, all right, he's in. Oh,
1: there's so many fucking jokes here and I, fuck it, I'm going to go ahead and do it. So so what you're telling me is y'all used to send the police into this project and go and scare the kids into playing basketball for y'all white folks. And for now us to we, recruit for football. Yes. And yes. what y'all doing is y'all DIY in this thing and you yes. are folks are now going into the projects to go get young people named Akili and Demontre
2: so that they can help y'all win football games. And we magically have scholarships to give them. They don't have to pay for travel.
1: Look at that. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you needed to see how the system works. <laughs> and I'm not saying works for poor or I'm just saying works. And this is That's how the pulling system the curtain works. Back. That's how it works. Use sports,
2: baby.
0: Time for some commercials. Bulls talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. He flies in with a two-handed slam dunk. Brought to you by the Ringer, a Spotify original.
1: The Chicago Bulls. Everybody was thinking that this would well, be a youthful turnaround this offseason. Maybe, maybe it was blow it up time. I never really thought that was the case. And, of course, the, the right. roster hasn't been completed. But... From what the Miami game, the end of the Miami game felt like to July, what are we, 7th here? Uh, July 6th, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, July 6th. What has happened in your estimation to the Bulls and also the perception of the Bulls and the fan base so far?
2: Uh, well, it's not about the fan base. I mean, the, w- what's happened is what Arturis Karnasovas said was going to happen. He said it at the deadline with his words and with his, his inactions. And then he said it after the season ended that they believe in the core. The core needed to be tweaked. It needed a better shot profile, obviously, meaning the the, the outside pieces needed to be a little different, give it a different look. Um, and I think what happened is Miami and Denver, if you're a Bulls fan who doesn't believe in this core, is probably the worst thing that could happen because I think Arturis truly believes that we were three minutes away from beating Miami and look at the run they went on. And then coming from Denver – I think he believes that look how patient Denver was in believing in that continuity. They added Aaron Gordon when it was time to add Aaron Gordon as that other piece, but look how they believed in that continuity when guys were were, were blowing out ACLs and, it, and they were being eliminated in the first round, second round. Look at the patience game. So if you don't believe in this Bulls core um, – you're very angry with what happened because I think that fed a lot of what Arturus Carnosaurus is, is basing this group on. So um, the problem is you don't have a Joker. You don't have a Jimmy Butler. So those three minutes, dookie on those three minutes, those three minutes mean nothing to me against Miami because they weren't going to win that game. They just weren't. They could fool themselves and, and look at it. Well, look how we did in the regular season against him, blah, blah, blah. Jason, you and I went through this <laughs> the year LeBron and, and the and Heatles. That's right. the fans. <laughs> the only two people in town that picked <laughs> Miami to lose to the Bulls, I think was Jay and I. We were villainized for it. Oh, my God. And I'm like, the bottom line is Big Bank's going to take Little Bank. Every and then Monster's going to take Derrick Rose in the fourth quarter. And then it's a wrap. And that's exactly what happened. And so, um, you know, uh, to me, they're they're chasing a lot of fool's gold over there. And and that's a dangerous thing to get in because that just spreads mediocrity and continues mediocrity when you had a chance to actually be aggressive and make some moves.
1: What are the things that they are telling themselves specifically about this roster? Not just the Denver, the Miami look, but about Zach Levine, about the way DeMar and Zach play together, about their net rating when all three of them are on the court together and him, Vooch, and, and, and DeMar. Like, what do they – because I'm trying to understand the explanation from the standpoint of, okay, we all know why this wouldn't work, shouldn't work, and hasn't worked, especially right. since the Lonzo Ball injury. So what is the opposite of that? What is What is the other side of that coin where it's like, okay – Outside of the three minutes against Miami, like what can you, what do you think they are telling themselves and getting ready to tell people at media day if they, they jump into the season with the roster being what it is outside of a few more tinkered moves?
2: I think they're telling themselves number five defensive rating, and that will translate. I think they're telling themselves that fourteen and nine after the uh, the All Star break or the trade deadline break, whatever it was, mm-hmm. with with a playmaker point guard check. They feel like Javon Carter slash Kobe White will supply that. A better version of Kobe White will su- supply that. And now they've added three-point shooting, which was their biggest weakness. They're the only team in the league to average under 30 attempts a game. And now they got two guys that are high volume three-point shooters. So offensively, what it does is, I mean, look, it's no, it's no secret that teams... Good defensive teams were running away from Caruso and ru- running away from Pat Bev and throwing the sink at DeMar or 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 Zach, whoever was bringing the ball up and acting as playmaker late in games because for some reason they like to have the ball in their hands <laughs> late in games to playmate. Um, so, you know, Caruso would just be a corner three attempt, and he hit a couple, but it's not sustainable. And Pat Bev, they, they were like, go ahead, my man. Um, and he actually hit his share, but there was a lot of key misses too. So mm-hmm. with, with Tory Craig and with Javon Carter, the, the, the mindset is you can't do that now. You want to, you want to double Zach or you want to double DeMar have fun because now we got, we got the kick guy ready to go. The problem is that is does Zach have the IQ to kick it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was the problem. That was the bitch that Vooch had was, you know how many times They'd pick and roll. He'd get the switch he wanted. He'd have a small guard or or a wing on him, and Zach would have a big on him. And instead of the mindset being "I'm going to feed the big man," he's you know he's good in the post. I like his footwork. I like this matchup. His Zach's mindset is "I'm Max Levine. I got a big on me. I could take this cat wherever I want." So his idea was, "Well, the mismatch is here with me. Mm-hmm. It's not with big man." And and so they got to fix that. I'm glad you said that because. Too often, uh,
1: characteristics jump out on basketball floors and tell you the truth about who's actually doing it. And then we just just look for how we would feel in that moment or what we've been um, engineered to feel in terms of ball stopping you know ball hogging ball watching all these other things where I try to explain it to, to people who um, are ca- more casual fans of the game like the, some of the people in my family like hey man that dude thinks that that is the best play in that moment not yep. the fact that it fucked the other team or fucked the teammates sometimes it is that sometimes it is that but for the most part like DeMar Derozan, hey, you know it's, it's my Jamal Crawford uh, theory you could not meet a nicer person person on or off the court than Jamal Crawford. Mm-hmm. So when Jamal Crawford is looking at you dead in your face and two people are rotating to him and he is about to put it on the deck he and get to the pull-up, it's not because he's like, screw you, I'm a bad teammate. It's because he is engineered to be that way. And yes. is then incoming upon coaches and the people who are evaluating the talent to know, okay, is this going to offset something on my team that was um, beneficial beforehand? With Zach and Demar, like you are better primed to understand their relationship because you're in the locker room and you're at the practices and the shoot-arounds. Well, with Zach and Demar, and this is just my outsider's view, I look at a dude who is proving something the second time or third time around through the league right now. I look at a dude who has ascended to a certain level where he thinks that this should be his show. And, you know, I, I'm not mad at somebody giving him the ball and letting the game tell him the truth either way. Right. But I also see the fact that those two dudes are just nice dudes. And I don't know how that conversation or if that conversation has happened, like what, who's, Whose ball is the court uh, – whose court is the ball in, I should say, when it comes to those two dudes and figuring this offense out going forward? Well, I think it's
2: in Billy Donovan's court.
1: That's, that's all I've been trying to get across. <laughs> yeah,
2: I think <laughs> it's, it's incumbent to Billy to – I mean, look, year one of that matchup worked because it was almost like Zach saying, I'm the little brother, you're the big brother, big brother's going to finish games. Well, guess what? Little brother got paid. Little brother went to Team USA. Now, little brother's got—he's <laughs> got a nicer house. He's got a gold medal. He's you know played with the big dogs and did the Team USA thing. He's got Rich mm-hmm. Paul in his ear. So yeah. now it's no longer the business of basketball; it's the business. And I think last year, that's why you saw that my turn, your turn kind of offense, which never works. And I think Zach. There was times Zach was pissed. I mean, I remember times he was telling us you know after games when when demar took the shot you know we're too predictable our offense gets too stale late in games that you know you translate that that means let me take the shot
3: mm-hmm. so
2: and look he's a bad shot maker which can be a blessing and a curse cuz there is no shot that he doesn't think he can't make so um i think it's it's up to billy to say okay demar Obviously, you're going to get your opportunities. I mean, you know, but, but we, we can't just play one hero ball. We need multiple heroes and start, start passing that torch. But Zach has to prove he can do it, too. I mean, you t- here, here's, here's the be- my best thing I ask, I ask, the question I ask a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You tell me in, what, six, seven years, you tell me all your great Zach Levine moments because I can only think of two. Charlotte, the Charlotte one? <laughs> which is, that was a shitbag team. Who cares? And then Toronto last year in the playing yeah. game. In the, yeah. in the second half, first half, he was terrible. He was on a milk cart in the first half. Yeah. Now you tell me your DeMar moments, who's only been here a couple of years. I could start naming Washington. I can start naming the back-to-back game winners. I mean, there's just more DeMar moments in a Bulls uniform. So what does that tell you? And so that has to change. Your, your max guy, I'm not, you don't have to compare Zach Levine to other max guys for you to say, yeah, it was worth the deal. He's just got to do max things at the end of games, and he's not doing that, and that's the issue.
1: Yeah. Um, what do you think, Mark? Uh, Mark Eversley and Arturis Karnechovs are saying to Billy Donovan about this roster, or what he needs to do? Like, what? Because I kind I, you covered baseball for a while, right? And I yeah, look a long at time general yep. managers who throw you know players on on a coach or a manager and say, hey fill out the lineup and figure it out. This is the guys that you got. We don't do that enough, I think, in basketball because we always look at the star player as the center of the universe and you can affect so many different things that, you know, it's not looked at as, okay, the general manager said this to the to the coach with this signing or the coach is saying this to the general manager with this benching. What do you think those two guys are saying to Billy Donovan with the way the roster is generally constructed on this day before anything, you know, the Dame Lillard domino drops and we start to see some moves. Or not.
2: Well, the, I will say this is the most unique relationship a Jerry Reinsdorf slash Michael Reinsdorf team has had where front office and coaching staff are in step as as tight as any front office coaching staff as I've seen, because that's usually not the way it worked. It was always that coaching room was against that front office, front office was against that coaching room. And if they did benefit and have a good year from it, it was because they basically pitted each other against each other and, and the players fed off that that rivalry and that fight. This is different. I don't think they have to tell Billy anything because they talk daily about everything. I think what Billy has to do is get the offensive sets in, in such a manner that it's in Zach hands at the end. I mean that that's Billy's control. And and I will say the other thing, watching the Miami. Uh, the Miami Heat, that playoff run, the one thing I'd like to see the Bulls incorporate kind of out of that, especially end game, I don't like the three-pointers, the three-point guy standing in the corner and waiting for the pass. And maybe maybe that's just Caruso and that's all he can do. Maybe he can't run off of screens and catch and shoot. Maybe he has to be set and shoot. Um
1: but That speaks to roster composition, though.
2: There you go. Watching <laughs> Miami and, you know, everyone talked about the role players the role players. Well, everything went off Jimmy, first of all. There was the times that Bam would bring the ball up and they'd, and they'd do that dribble handoff, which was right. a different look, to pull the big out. But everything else went through Jimmy. And so that's why it was a different guy. Struce one night, Gabe Vincent another night, because Jimmy knows the hot hand. Jimmy knows how to work the game. And so I think that – but those three-point shooters from Miami are always moving. Always moving, always moving, and running you—you know—all over the place. I'd like to see them incorporate that, but again, maybe that's just—they just know that those guys can't hit threes like that. So I—I I, I don't know. But again, that would go to. Making the end game easier is having more movement, more options.
1: How will the new CBA affect this organization going forward with the stuff that you've seen in the past in terms of aprons and second aprons yeah. and not being a tax team? What once out of the last fifteen years?
2: It, you know, the the Demar contract that's expiring gives them leeway because they can pick a lane. Um, you're seeing some. I mean, Golden State's already playing its hand with the CBA by by moving Jordan Poole in that contract for for uh, an aging veteran who's only one more year. So. They're setting themselves up for that. I think the way it affects the Bulls is you can't miss on Daylon Terrys. You can't be waiting four years for Patrick Williams. Your young guys have to be able to contribute right away because you – if you're, especially if you're going to be paying two or three max guys, which is going to be hard to do under this new CBA, unless you're kicking around in the apron. Your draft you has on, to be your crust, yeah, right? Your draft has to be really good. Your player development has to be even better, and you can't miss. Um, you know, you can't throw money at your problems in the new CBA. You got, you got to fix those things in the draft, and so that'll be the challenge. Is can they make sure they hit on these picks? Because right now, I'm kind of lukewarm on his drafting. Oh, yeah. You no, know? There's, just, there's no reason to be hot about you know? it. Like, you know? <laughs> like, I love these I love these big hot thing for a while, but... For three months. What's the market on I.O. right now? I don't see a big bidding war for I.O. See, now what you got me thinking about,
1: Joe, is can some way, somehow, basketball make this organization make the dudes that they hired for the job that they were hired to do actually... Let them do do that gig, because if it's all about the drafting and the player development going forward with this new CBA and with the double aprons, and you know you're not you're not just gonna load up three max contracts on a team and go get minimum guys and say you're gonna win a championship. If that's the case, then will this thing come back around? to the Bulls here in two or three years where you're talking about Patrick Williams, you know, maybe being the the not the guy, but the remaining guy from this group of players. Like, do you think it's going to come back around to me? Do you think that's what they're begging on? Because let's face it, these teams and organizations have three, four-year plans. They look right. at who's coming out in a draft. They look at who's a, a sophomore in high school now, and if people are talking about him, and also, they're looking at the Lonzo Ball injury, right? They're looking at, you know, Zach two or three years from now, if, if he keeps going out to L.A. You know, on nights. Where you know Rich Paul is sitting courtside and going crazy yeah. for a, a definite stated reason, how long he wants to be here? Like, do you think that that long term, um, the play is different than what uh, might be being executed right now?
2: I would say yes in most cases, but the problem is this organization doesn't have the draft capital to look that far ahead. They've given that away. Now, can they rekindle that? Can they trade a Zach Levine and get that draft capital back and and then really be tested as a group that, I mean, look, ownership's mindset right now, I can tell you this very confidently, is they are not worried about AK. They're not worried about his job security, but their mindset is, you got us in this situation, your ass better get us out. So, hmm. They're very hands-off with it, but they're like, we hired you because you were, we were told league-wide you were the best guy for this job. Well, now it's time for you to show. You painted yourself in the corner. Now you got to figure out how to get out. It's your problem. Get out of it. And so they've given them the keys to the car and, and the house, but they want to see what kind of return. Is that house messed up in a couple of years? Did you right. bang up that car? I mean, <laughs> what did you do with, with that responsibility? So um, I would say most teams – the onus is going to fall on your front office and your player development and your drafting more than it is now. Um, but unless the Bulls really change things, they don't have that draft capital. So I don't know how they're going to put those pieces around, whether it's undrafted free agents or, you know, I mean, they just don't have draft capital in the first or second rounds.
1: How close was that to being traded this year or Demar?
2: Uh I don't think Zach was very close from the people I talked to. You know, there was there was talk. I don't think specifics were ever put in place. And the spe- the names that were thrown out were astronomical for the return. I mean, which tells me you really didn't want to trade him. You just want to see if there was one D- dumb GM in the room. What were some of those and- names, Joe Cowley? Oh, I think I think the Knicks and the and the Bulls had the most lengthy conversation, and it involved guys that made the Knicks very uncomfortable. I will say the Knicks. Have R.J. A plan. Barrett,
1: Mitchell Robinson, you know Quigley, Quigley. Ooh, so R.J. Quigley and picks or something like that.
2: Yep, yep. Ooh, maybe an Obi Toppin.
1: I'll oh, run that. You get, to, so, you get to look you get to look at, at Patrick Williams and Obi Toppin in the in, in, in the Batman scene where you break the pool cue and yeah. just throw it on the ground and see ha- the best one yeah. comes out. Yeah, you'd have one guy with a
2: bunch of talent that doesn't want to use it, and another oh, guy with see. mediocre
1: talent who thinks see? he's great. See, you got see, I, you just leave a little crack in the door open and, and of so, will kick that bitch in.
2: <laughs> so yeah, I think that was uh, probably the closest thing, and I think it was revisited. Um a couple of weeks ago or a month ago. And again, the asking price was astronomical. So um, I think that is th- that is speaking volumes of they believe in this core. They want to run this core back. Now, what would be interesting is come this February trade deadline, if things look bad again. Now what do you do? I mean, the East is always going to tempt you to stay in because of what Jimmy and the Heat did. So you're always going to be chasing that fool's goal. Ah, we're 11, we're 10, we're right there. We could get hot, look at this group, look at this team on paper. Um, Or do you finally say, look, we've given this thing three seasons. And it's just not happening. And now we'll try blowing it up. That'd be where, when it gets interesting. What would you do? I wouldn't have been in this. No, don't I, do that. No. <laughs> I wouldn't have been I in this. Was, you would have uh, took the gig. <laughs> I would, no, I, I would have taken the gig. But Zach Levine would not be a max player on my roster. So how how would you and how would you how would you
1: execute um,
2: that message? That message. He would have been moved either before that summer came up, or he would have been. I would have looked to sign and trade him when the, when the max came. Hmm. So, mm-hmm. but now, all right, let's. We're in the situation now. So, what do so I do? The,
1: so, what's the worst move you think that Arturis Car kind of Showis and Mark Eversley have made so far in their tenure?
2: Oh, or well, the most
1: impactful move?
2: See, I'm not. I'm, everyone's going to say Vooch, and I don't believe that because that that there was such a stain and such a smell around this organization when they came in. And at the, if you recall, at the beginning of the year, Orlando was like, Vooch is untouchable. Nobody's right. getting Vooch. So for them to go in and get Vooch, who to them, and, and I think in Arturis' mind was a poor man's Joker. I mean, let's—he looks at him and thinks, poor man's Joker. Great playmaker, can shoot, not as good as Joker. Can't pass as good as Joker. Right. You know, just poor but man. as far as mm-hmm. yeah, poor man's. And so, but I thought I think it was the coup to get him, and then to line up and say, now we got Zach and Vooch, come to Chicago. This is a destination place, and for Demar to say. Oh, yeah, all right, Lakers kind of backstabbed me. But, yeah, this could be a brand for me. And then Lonzo saying, I love DeMar. i like to go. Play. So it felt and in, in, it, it looked like great. And for that first half of the season, it was great. The mistake they made is exactly what I said. I thought the mistake they made is believing Zach Levine. I, I, and it's not just Zach Levine. You give me an offensive-minded two-guard, who's not very good on defense, and he has gotten better in the last couple of years. He's more willing, I'll say that. But you give me an offensive-minded two-guard who needs a lot of serviceable players around him to cover up his flaws, his defense, his late-game playmaking, and I'll show you a team that's Washington. That's just It's not going to happen. In the history of the NBA, it's not going to happen. It hasn't happened yet. And don't throw Booker at, at me and say, well, Booker got close. Well, he, he didn't get the chip, and Booker's a little different than Zach. Booker's got a little bit more assassin in him than Zach. And I think Zach's one of the greatest guys to cover. I Mm -hmm. I have nothing but kind things to say to him. He's the kind of guy you want to marry your sister. I just don't want to max him. So – yeah. Um, and so, usually
1: the guys, usually the guys that you want to max, you want to stay away from your sister. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Let's keep it funky. Like usually, <laughs> exactly. usually, the dudes that you like, that dude
2: is a killer. John <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> that is a rich killer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think the biggest mistake was not finding a a better market for Zach Levine or a different market because I think Zach Levine could win a championship when he's two B or three A hey, on a team. Hey,
1: Joe, I keep saying it.
2: We are we are
1: just and I hope this comes across the right way. We just might be the Seattle stop in Zach Levine's Ray Allen trajectory. Yep. Yep. You know? And there's nothing like, wrong
2: with that. If that's his all. career, that's a great career. He got his max. He played for Team USA. He finally found his championship team. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what a at lot all. of guys do that. At all. But he cannot be Batman here in Gotham. He can't.
1: Mm. There it is. I don't know what a, a better way to end it than that. I asked for 15 minutes each time. You gave me 30. You're surrounded by brothers in this, in this Zoom right now or this Riverside, whatever we're calling it. So, you know, and you, and you've, you've acquitted yourself. You always do, but you've acquitted yourself nicely. You're never sweating. You feel me? You, you, you know, you, you from the mean streets of Cleveland. Okay. Mean streets. That's right. Mean Bedford, streets of baby. Cleveland. But don't, don't you ever get it twisted. Halle you know, Berry's
2: in my brother's yearbook. But- hey, that, that's that's how it's that's <laughs> and how she most lies about stories. Her age. she lies about her age.
1: Well, this is the thing. She could do, do whatever she wants. She could do whatever she wants. She she could do whatever ever she wants. David Justice, <laughs> exactly. you know, idol of mine. You know what I mean? Hey, mm-hmm. Joe, thank you so much. I appreciate you, man. a hey, uh I would tell you to take it easy on them kids, but I don't I don't believe that. No, uh, keep going stop. hard on them kids. Baseball, yeah. yes. Football.
2: Yeah. Yeah, keep
1: going. Get those like, hockey skates out of here,
2: man. Got to get those yeah. hockey
1: skates the hell out of here. Well, you know how I feel. Yeah, <laughs> you still pretending you're, still pretend, four you're years. not. You're not pretending. No, no, you still don't don't care about this, the don't, black. Don't, 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 Remember, you
2: did that. You did that. Oh, no, I gotta was, be on the score. I got. I got Molly and I got listen. This, I, I got all these that. white guys that like hockey. I got to pretend. That's the whole fucking audience, Joe. What are we talking about? Like,
1: you know, I, listen, Joe, you have to understand something. But Since look, I was 19 it, years honestly, old, I have been talking to 25
2: to 54 year old white
1: men. What I, is the hockey audience in Chicago? Really? You know, you want to you want me to tell you the truth? Because I think it's bullshit.
2: I think it's bullshit. I think it's I think it's. It, it, it's a jump on the pile and say, "Well, I got a half a sack, don't I?" No, nope, <laughs> you don't. I, you got your you got your ten thousand cult members, yeah. and then you just got a bunch of people jumping on pretending they care about hockey.
1: Well, that's what winning does. I remember. you remember that shit that was talked about the United Center or take down mm-hmm. the Mad House on Madison side mm-hmm. when the Bulls are playing? And I'm like, do you know who built this bitch? Mm-hmm. Like, do you know, when when y'all were watching Dirk Graham lose faceoffs in the uh-huh. in the '90s? Do you know who the fuck was sinking game winning jump shots and selling shoes and and hanging out with your you know your sister? Pat- Patrick Kane's, Patrick Kane statue wasn't in that atrium. Hey, hey! They gonna mess around, and they got it. They got one. They gonna have to replace here soon. So mm-hmm. you know, he he might have to be the next one out there, as far as the hockey guys concerned. But yeah, yeah, don't take it easy on them kids. Keep going hard. You will find the diamond. You just got to break a few little pieces of charcoal. That's all that is. You know, yep. I and that's probably though, a bad analogy in terms of how we started this thing and where y'all go for y'all natural resources. But you know, we'll figure it out in the end. Uh, I know pace. what you meant. Yeah, yeah. Stop terrorizing black kids in the projects. Just ask them if they want to play football for you. A lot of okay. kids
2: love football, man. They got to be given that opportunity. That's what I. That's what I do. Jesus Christ,
1: <laughs> you are. I love you because you know who you are. That's that's why I love you,
2: Joe. Thank you, man. I
1: appreciate you, baby. All right, bro. Anytime, man. <laughs> Joe Collie, right here on the Full Go Podcast. <laughs> hey, this is Lance Braves. You're listening to the Full Go with Jason Goff. I think that's all that we got, Tony. You got any uh got any grilling duties this weekend Play?
0: No, nah, no, nah, man. Uh back at it back out of work. Now's it's, now's it's a sprint to uh getting prepared for this baby. So for the baby. You know? Yeah. How prepared. many months now? Uh countdown. Well, she's due October twenty fourth, so late October. So Okay. Countdown okay.
3: begins. You got a summer left, yeah.
0: That summer pregnancy boy. God bless
1: <laughs> you. <laughs> God bless you. You a wow. Hey, and I didn't, <laughs> I haven't gone through it, obviously. And shout out to to moms and and the people who are able to have kids out there. Um, Because I won't, I won't attest to whatever pain or discomfort y'all are going through. But boy, whew, the good days are the good days. <laughs> <laughs> a
3: couple extra fans around the oh, house. Yeah. Maybe Tony. Like, uh, ice pillows. seats a little higher. Ice yeah, pillows. Yeah.
0: Keep everything cool. <laughs> you got to get an ice Keep pillow, Tony. Keep everything cool.
3: Temperature can heat up real quick. Oh Yeah, he ain't even talking about it in the (laughs) house.
1: (laughs) Chris, what you got going on this weekend, brother?
3: Oh, man. You know, it's going to be super hot this weekend. Um, I got, you know, I actually got a a barbecue coming up on Saturday afternoon. Um, You know, a couple hanging out. With uh some homies uh, that also have kids. So, you okay. know, my little girl can go okay. and uh, hang out and go to a park. We got a bunch of parks around here that have like water features. So, you, know, you know, we go. just kick it outside, eat some hot dogs and stuff, just shoot the shit. So yeah, that's what I got going on. Um, I'm actually reading a book. I'm re- reading a book about DJ Screw. I'm trying to yeah. uh, finish. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, everybody's familiar with DJ Screw. Yeah. But, uh, uh, well, it's just called DJ Screw. Okay. Uh, sitting around here somewhere. It's in a different room, but it's a biography of him yeah. and it's just kind of told in anecdotes. And it's just like the story of Houston, uh, the story of tape culture in Houston and how we got started. And it's, mm-hmm. it's just really, really great. Um, yeah. I'm a big fan of DJ screw. So, uh, and okay. Houston rap. So uh, I'm down. So I'm almost done with that. So I'm, I'm stoked on that. That's my, that's what I'm good for. The Houston uh,
1: culture, the Texas culture and rap, the story that, that needs to be and should be told, it would be tremendous if, if somebody sat down for a long time and poured over the UGKs, the Scarfaces of the world. Like, you know, Scarface is one of like three or four people who I feel has never, ever spit a whack verse. And they there. And that is excluding, like, shout out to Jay Z, who I think is the greatest of all time. Uh, but you know, you can catch one where you're like, Hey, that wasn't it. There's never been a time where I've heard Scarface's voice and said, That wasn't it. Right. And of course, what Bun B and Pimp C did and the Swisher House and Suave House Records and, you know, the entire, the entire culture, the entire culture. So. Shout out to you for uh, that. We
3: should get like a little
1: book club going, man.
3: I'm down. If y'all down. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm always trying. I'm always reading about music stuff. I'm a big music head. But uh, <laughs> the one great thing about it, just the, the community about how it would have, no matter if they would have made platinum, no matter if they got big, it still would have been like this. Moving out the thing. trunk, boy. <laughs> just, just making tapes for each other and how popular just those little tapes were and stuff. So it's, it's just cool how real it is. And like all those people are in it, B, all those people. So it's great. It's The great.
1: value of art. Right, like you know, some people wear their art, some people hear their art, some people see their art. Like understanding if a car's rolling by and they playing that shit, and you ain't got that yet, and you understand it's only ten thousand of those circulating the city or the, or the state. Like it's you know that exclusivity. You know when Nipsey Hussle threatened to make a hundred dollar mixtape or a thousand dollar mixtape, and everybody was like, "What? What are you doing? How? There you gonna?" He made it, and people bought it. You know. So exclusivity ain't bad. You know, you got to set the market sometimes. And when you're setting the market in a culture like that, and you know people going to go for the product, keep, keep doing your thing. And that's for all the independent artists who are still out here doing it. It's easier now with SoundCloud. And I don't even know if SoundCloud's still around, by the way. But uh, it's, it's easier now for all the independent artists. But it's also harder because there's so much stuff out there. So, you know, keep on doing what y'all doing, you know, and loving what y'all doing. Hopefully you're getting paid for it or on the way to monetizing it. You know, because baby's got to eat. Um, yeah, man. I'll be uh, be hanging with the kid this weekend and, you know, might, might see if granny, well, granny does want to hang out with him. So, Saturday to Sunday morning, I'll be uh, free, just waiting to pick him up again. But that's about it. I got, I got the baby this weekend, so I'm just chilling, just sitting here being hot, just watching all the rain, you know, got my little toy that I had to park because... God was like, no, 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 sir. It is raining. <laughs> you put that thing up and get yourself in that family SUV. So that's what I'll be doing this weekend and smiling the entire time doing. Don't you hear me smiling now? Um, I think, I guess we close this thing on out, uh, for, uh, Joe Cowley, you know, from the Chicago Sun Times. Thank you so much, Joe, for hanging out with us and, uh, giving us the, uh, the lowdown on what's happening with the Chicago Bulls right now. I want to thank our production staff. The shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti. Uh, My main man, Tony Gill. Uh, The exceptional one, Kyle Williams. And of course, the Chief Vibes Officer himself, Chris Sutton. For the fellas, I am Jason Goff. Thanking you for downloading this thing. Thanking you for subscribing to this thing. Thanking you for following us on the socials. Thanking you for rating and reviewing us. Giving us the five stars you know we need. If not, we'll see you in the streets. We will catch y'all on Sunday uh more baseball to talk um i'm actually going to watch the home run derby this year cuz Bob is in it you know uh, i'm i'm, I'm going to try to jump back in you know dip my toe back in those baseball waters and see how the home run derby makes me feel i haven't watched the home run derby in in uh, probably a decade
3: so i'll uh, i'll see if i used to wait for those when i was a yeah, kid man yeah. like i would look look forward to it all year
1: yeah. i used to watch cuz i used to go to blees every summer so I would, that would be like my slice of back home is watching not only baseball, but especially watching the All-Star game and the home run derby. And it was always the most, you know, the, the easiest to replicate in terms of all the All-Star games too. So it felt, it felt kind of, kind of cool. So we'll be taking in all that stuff. Um, might have a surprise for you on Sunday. I've been working on it. She's been, uh, she's been trying to, uh, get clearance from the higher ups and I can appreciate that. So I'm not going to put her in a bad position, but hopefully we'll have a special guest on Sunday. If not, you know, it'll just be us fellas hanging out with you. So for the fellas, uh, thank you so much. Once again, uh, we leave you with this as always, and we know it's hot outside. So this is, uh, this is the real, the real one here. Hey guys, take care of each other. Okay. And be safe okay and if you are running into difficulties with the first two it's probably because you're not doing the third thing which is staying sucker free all right so y'all be smooth and we'll uh we'll holler at y'all on sunday thank you so much for listening to the full podcast must be 21 and over and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call one 800 GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800- nine with it in indiana one 800 522 or visit ks in kansas one 770 stop in louisiana visit mdgamblinghelp.org in maryland visit 1-800-gambler.net in west virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in wyoming hope is here Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8HOPENY or text H-O-P-E-N-Y in New York.